0: This is a Sci-Fi Rewind with Kevin Batchelder, Miles P. McLaughlin, and Scott Herzog. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Rewind. This is episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin.
1: And I am Kevin Batchelder.
0: And we are here tonight to rewind to talk about what I believe, Kevin, is one of your all-time favorite classics.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, very, very high on my list.
0: Very high on your list. And uh, did, did, did we, this did not make – this was not very high on our voted list, right?
2: It did not, uh, but um, I'm glad we watched it though.
0: Oh, yeah. De- it definitely belongs. It def- I'm, I'm very glad we re- re- rewatched it. It forced me to watch more than just snippets of it. Mm-hmm. So definitely there. So it, it was good. It was good. Um well, I you
1: should probably tell folks what it is though.
0: Oh yeah, we should. <laughs> aliens. Aliens. <laughs> it's aliens. They're attacking. They're coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I I want I have a question for you. Remind me to ask you a question about uh a first for aliens. Okay, Kevin? Um Okay. But I will start yeah, yeah but, we, but before we get into that, let's talk about what we're doing in January. Sometime in January, you know, probably before all our TV shows come back on the air, uh we we are going to rewind the thing and the 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing, which Miles, you haven't watched this, right? No, I haven't. And Kevin, you have though, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think I saw it in the theater when it came out.
0: Oh, very good. Well, I have not seen The Thing, so it'll be uh, interesting to uh, w- w- Miles and I will come at the come at it as rookies, and mm-hmm. you can come at the, as as the expert, uh, Kevin.
1: I <laughs> don't, don't, don't know if I'd call expert, but I, yes, I have seen it many times.
0: Okay. So as 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 the ultimate fan. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah. But tonight we are talking about aliens, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So a uh, question for you, Kevin, the the movie Aliens, was it one of the first big movies to view aliens as in such a – I know let me talk about Alien I guess. Was Alien one of the first movies to to portray aliens in such a horrific way.
1: Uh I think well Alien itself the very first movie was such a one of the first cross genre I mean it was sci-fi and it was also horror. Uh and it had such stunning visuals too that it really kind of broke the mold for a lot of folks and and you know the the ratcheting up of uh tension in that one was something so th- this one coming you know about seven years later uh, was was very true to the original but also went in a different direction so it it, uh, it it's one of those rare cases, and I think some of our listeners mentioned this in some feedback where a lot of folks consider the sequel as good as or better than the original
0: yeah, well you're also looking at a movie that had even though it was slow at times, had a much faster pacing than the original uh, movie did
1: oh yes, definitely.
0: So I think it's, you know, obviously for a modern culture, that's, uh, that's pretty important. Uh, but I think even for back then, it was, it, it's considered one of the, you know, one of the all-time action flex. So
1: No doubt there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, but let's go into, we often start out by looking at some of the stats and how the film did before we get into the nitty gritty of it. Before we get into the stats, um, Miles, talk about, this is a, you saw this movie before, right, Miles? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Okay. Uh, yeah, so sometimes. so tell me about this rewatch for you before
2: we get into the stats. Um, I've seen it a couple times since then, maybe on TV, but this is where I actually saw it from start to finish again. And what I noticed – and Kevin, maybe you can help me with this. I saw on the disc the theatrical version, um, but there was a scene that was in the theatrical version that I don't remember when I saw it in the theaters. It was – it was the scene where there's a scene on the colony planet where this family finds the ship, and then the one guy gets attacked by an alien.
3: Timmy, they you've been gone a long time. It'll be okay. Too. Dad knows what he's doing. Alpha, 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 Alpha. Alpha.
2: The face hugger, yeah. Um, do you remember that when you saw it in the movie theaters? Because I don't. I remember everything else, but not that scene.
1: Well, it's an excellent catch on your part, actually, Miles. Because, no, the um, when I did the rewatch now, I got the uh, uh, Blu-ray edition. And one of the items on there, which might be on the DVD version, special edition too, I'm not sure. But it's got a uh, commentary done in 2003 by uh, several folks, James Cameron, uh, Stan Winston, the – you know, amazing special effects guy, uh, several of the actors and so forth. But uh, Cameron was talking about how back in this time, early 80s, uh, there was like this unwritten rule that you couldn't go over two hours, 10 minutes in a movie because you had to maximize the number of showings in the theaters. They didn't have as many multiplexes and so forth. So they had to really trim quite a bit. So the, the initial release was slightly over at 217, but now with the advent of DVD and so forth, that version you're talking about, and the one I rewatched too is the, quote, extended cut at 237, which includes that scene. That's one of the big changes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Right. So, yeah, if you were seen it in the theaters, you would not have seen that scene and also one of the longer scenes with uh, Ripley looking at uh, pictures of her daughter and on, on like a holodeck kind of thing.
2: Right. Yeah, but that, that, that's another scene that I, I don't recall that necessarily being the one I saw it in theaters 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a good memory.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, good, yeah. good catch because those yeah. were the two big additions, along with some yeah. other smaller stuff here or there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I saw it in theaters, wait, that wasn't true. <laughs> I didn't see it in theaters at all. You know, uh, watching it this time, I think I expected something that was much more horror based, based on my limited experience. And it, uh, certainly, there were those elements, especially when they encounter the aliens and the bodies are wrapped up. But it felt much more. I was engaged much more, especially when you get to the middle of the movie to the end. It's like nonstop action with a little with a little bit of breathing room here and there throughout. And I really, I really found myself enjoying it. And because I, you know, run in the treadmill and watch these things, I couldn't like, I didn't run for like two and a half hours straight, so I broke it up. Hmm. Uh, as I watched it, I just couldn't wait to get back in the treadmill and watch this thing because of the where of, of how much action there was at least toward the end. I was very interested in it, so. That was my, at least, initial thought, and I was very engaged from that from a- aspect of it. Kevin, uh, well, what, s- go ahead.
1: I was going to say, uh, you might find this interesting. Again, the, the extended cut runs it, I think it's about two hours, 35 minutes. Um, and I made a note, because it's funny you were talking about that, and it's something that uh, you, know, you kind of make an awareness of. But whereabouts, if you had to guess, and maybe you guys actually noticed it, um, at what point in the movie, in other words, how far in, how many minutes in is it before we actually see our first moving alien, not just photos or something else? How far is it before we actually start to see them on screen?
2: Yeah. I would say 20 minutes or longer. Oh, no, no, hour and a half.
1: Pretty close to Scott. It's 1 one fourteen. So yeah. at least half the movie is very subtle, build up characters you know environment situation so it takes it takes a while before we get there but as you said once we do once they are quote on the board yeah. <laughs> and killing and killing people you've got a, a good hour and 20 minutes of just absolute um white knuckle hold on to your chair watch out kind of stuff which is which is an amazing amount of time to spend in almost like a, a, a you know a build up situation yeah
0: absolutely um you know uh, and I su- assume what we were doing when we do that is we're excluding the face hugger at the very beginning of the scene. Yeah, was rather than just Right. Yeah.
1: yep. So we're talking, talking about full, the,
0: the full-blown aliens.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's quite a bit of stuff built into it. Yeah.
0: Well, I see, I wouldn't have been able to pick that up, but I did pick up that the first half was obviously a bit slower. So mm-hmm. uh, what was it like watching it? I mean, you're a fan of the movie and you sat down to rewatch it again kind of in preparation for the sci-fi rewind. What was that like for you? Going back to visit this old friend of yours.
1: Well, it was wonderful this time around because again, I, I went to the to the commentary I hadn't heard before, uh, along with just watching it, and also, you know, Blu-ray quality was was really really good. So it really uh, it was a lot of fun paying attention to some little things and subtle things and appreciating it uh, again. Myself, kind of like what uh, Miles was talking about, you know, you see it originally in the theaters, and then sometimes you tend to see some of these great movies only in bits here or there on TV. But once you get a chance to block off the time and watch it in a very focused way, I mean, this thing, I still remember, uh, and and a good friend of mine who is best man at my wedding, one of my best friends, he and I saw it in the theater shortly after it came out. I still remember that afternoon, it was like a late afternoon time we went to see it coming out and my fingers were sore from holding on to the chair i mean that that was, (laughs) i mean this was i was one you know we were like holding on for dear life and i I just was amazed at what a great job they did on the thrill ride
0: oh yeah that's awesome and what an awesome memory to have as you know as part of this movie
2: it was well this was a rated r movie but um i as a teenager i had no problem getting in though (laughs) 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 <laughs> they're, they're, I guess, a little more lax in the mid '80s. I don't know.
0: Well, ra- ra- rated R mostly because of uh, you know the dropping of the F bomb. Oh, there's, right? yeah,
2: a lot of F bombs. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that a little later <laughs> on. <laughs>
0: in it, well, let's talk about some of the the way this uh, movie dressed out as far as the stats of it went. Um, I don't know how much it cost to make this movie. I didn't find it out. Do you know Kevin Offhand? Oh, I can.
1: Yep, Cameron brought that up in the commentary at, at the time. It cost them just under eighteen million.
0: Okay, so they definitely made their money on this one. Domestic domestic total gross clocked in around eighty five million dollars, um, and let's see, and foreign brought in forty five million, bringing it to one hundred thirty one million dollars. So it did very well, as far as that. It, it you know made enough to say, ah, let's do a third one. So, <laughs>
4: um,
0: which was which was nice. So that that I mean those are the big stats for it. And uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I think it was ranked uh, ninth movie of the year as far as earnings. I think I'm right about that. So and That came out. It was 86, right? This came out in or was I am I the wrong yeah, year? No, 80, yeah,
1: 86. 86. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very good.
0: All right. Well, uh, how do you want to take this, guys? You want to look at uh, scenes? You want to look at actors? I mean, any preference here?
1: Well, I'm kind of curious, Scott, since you are the the new one coming to it. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned. Did you you watched uh, the original Alien before this? Didn't you? I did. Now, had you seen that before this rewatch? I had not. So, I mean, what was your thought? Maybe just real quickly on on that movie.
0: Well, okay, there there were some classic scenes in this movie that I that I had, I think I'd seen clips of before in Alien, uh, and I obviously saw spoofed in Spaceballs, right? <laughs> the whole the whole uh, <laughs> Alien jumping out of the guy's chest, which they kind of you know pay uh, pay homage to in Aliens in in the dream that that uh, that Ripley has, uh, but you're know, this whole alien bursting out of the chest type thing, and so that was kind of there in in the whole cat thing, um, you know it was it was good. Um, I found it uh, very seventies in its approach, very slow at, at points, um, but. Having this as a background, having that as a background, and going into aliens with that background, and knowing that seventy years had passed, and under, and understanding why she was in, in in stasis, and and having that as a background, and then it just made everything make sense as far as when the company kind of put her on trial, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so it was good. I, I really, I really didn't, I really did enjoy it. The cast, except for Ripley, I felt was kind of forgettable. Like you're I'm talking here, and the cast in Aliens was much more remem- was much more memorable than the the cast from Alien. But um, in fact, I, I, I can't remember. Is there anyone? Was there anyone famous that I should be that should be remembering from Alien?
2: Off top my head,
1: yeah, I could look yeah, it but they, Yeah, yeah. I mean, many of them were were more character actors, or you'd seen in many things, but uh, right, you know, they weren't right. quote unquote famous per se.
0: Right, right, right. Um well didn't um, yeah, but,
2: uh, uh, Lance Hendrickson reprise his role he was not in the first one He was not in the first one okay
1: Yeah no nope. he wasn't No nope. No nope. but it was it was very much a visual cuz i mean the visuals at the time when that came out though the work that Ridley Scott did and um you know a lot of uh, Geiger's art that was used to create the whole alien motif and everything else was 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 really something but you're right it's it's something you have to sit back and be comfortable with a very slow moving movie
2: yeah
1: um, you know and just appreciate the visuals but it it, it was at the time because it was very much you know everybody said oh it's sci-fi but actually if you step back and watch a lot of it it's really uh, very classic horror oh yeah it comes to to the last half of that movie really it's more about uh, you know the crew trying to survive
0: oh yeah and then uh even up to the very end, when she escapes on that ship, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't over yet. There's still too much." <laughs> I, I guess it's a little bit harder because I, I look at the. You know, I'm watching this on iTunes, and I just hit the button, and I say, "Oh, wait! There's still about 15 minutes left of the movie. They're not done yet." You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> it kind of ruins it for me, I guess. But uh, you know, if you're watching it a DVD, you don't always have that count to see how uh, how, how long it is, but. Uh, uh, you know it that that scene of her on the ship and kicking the alien out and fighting it there one-on-one one combat i mean uh part of me you know you know that she's going to live right mm-hmm. but uh i i enjoyed alien and and it was glad to have it as a premise going into aliens so did did uh did james james horner did not do the music for alien right
1: I'm, I'm not, not sure. I
0: don't think so. I think it was. Yeah. I, I know that they used some themes from Alien in Aliens, but that's but James Horner, I think, did most of the music then.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. James Cameron talked in his commentary very much about how he was, you know, very respectful of the world that, you know, Ridley Scott created, obviously with the creatures and so right. forth But he still had to make it his own. So. Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. James Horner, apparently, of course, reading the interviews, was not very happy with James Cameron. <laughs> In yeah there
1: was yeah there was Yeah, and he actually again Cameron to his credit brought that up and why he thought that happened and stuff yeah. so folks well
0: to- apparently it was pretty rushed pretty rushed he had six weeks to do the music and so he cobbled together from other movies and other things that he had done yeah. And uh, but hey they made up to it because he wrote the movie for he wrote the music for Titanic and Avatar
1: yeah. No, no. And they talked about that. He and Cameron <laughs> took responsibility and said he didn't do a very good job working with him on this movie yeah. and what he would, what his vision was. So, but he liked, you know, what he did. So oh, he yeah. knew he just had to change the way he worked with him going forward.
0: And the music, music in Aliens is, it's pretty simple. There's some pretty open spaces in the music. And I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of, of times he said where he chose not to use any, uh, but yeah, it was oftentimes they had to really ratchet up, you know, yeah. the action sequences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. Any any questions, Any questions. other questions about Alien?
1: No. I was just curious your thoughts since you hadn't seen it. I mean, yeah, I, no. Aliens can stand on its own, but I think, like you said, it's richer if you've seen the backstory, especially early on with the little trial thing that Ripley has to go through and understanding what happened.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for those of you listening, if you have not watched, if you watched Aliens and haven't watched Alien, it's well worth you going back because you'll be able to say, oh, that's where that came from. Oh, this is what they were referring to. You'll be able to easily make connections to it. So, no, well worth it. I plan. I do have the third aliens, and I don't. I, the third aliens in my queue. I just haven't watched it yet. But, but so I'll get to that eventually.
2: <laughs> have either of you been to MGM Studios down in uh, uh, Florida? Seeing the on the great movie ride, there is a. You get on this ride. They take you. There is a brief scene of Ripley. You know. Kind of on on a wall I'm not sure if it's taken from the first yeah, the alien movie or aliens movie, but even uh, even m g m studios did a little homage to uh to to uh um Sigourney Weaver and, and aliens I have not okay no neither
0: have I so yeah. interesting mm-hmm. but, like, but I did see the direct t v commercial okay <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they spoof the uh well i believe it's it's this it's the Alien. they spoof it oh, okay yeah, and actually take clips from it mm-hmm. and it, you know, where they try to sell you on direct TV, which I don't have. But.
4: Get away from her, you! This thing just won't leave! All I want to do is kick back and enjoy the direct TV we just hooked up. I mean, I just got the best TV package in the universe for free!
2: This is gonna feel almost as good as my my Get our best TV package free for four months.
0: But when I did have it, it was there. Uh, so, we're, so how do you want to talk about aliens here? Do you want to talk about uh, cast first? Do you want to talk about scenes? I mean, and I, I'm, really, I'm really open. I okay. do have some trivia for you guys, but we can get there everybody.
2: <laughs> well, as a movie, would this be one of the first as far as having the – a female lead in an action movie? I mean as the action star – for strong female, yeah, I would think this would be definitely one of the first, if not the first, as far as uh, strong female uh, leading as in, uh, you know as as the action star in it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that uh, Sigourney Weaver with this particular movie actually was the first female actress to have a one million dollar or more payday for a movie. So, hmm. yeah. um, and she's certainly you know being. Uh, nominated for for an academy award certainly lived up to it so Mm. you know this was the first you know quite the positive surprise that a a genre film like this could actually have a a female lead get nominated for a best actor
0: yeah and she and she definitely uh she definitely deserved it oh yeah hands down down, yeah Mm. um so uh and i wouldn't considered her to be even though the, the, the first movie, Alien, I wouldn't have said she was a... I mean, this is a movie where you really saw the strength of Ripley come out. In um, their first movie, again, like you alluded to, Kevin, it's, in Alien, it's just about survival. But here, it's about more than survival. It is about it is about survival, but it's also about almost vengeance in a way. A little bit of vengeance. And, there's almost a bigger message in this movie, and we maybe we'll get to this later, but this, this whole idea of... Uh, this whole balance of of human life versus the dollar. And where does, where mm-hmm. does that value lie? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it
1: is. Cause it's, it's very much the whole, uh, you know, evil corporation and how they really don't care about anybody. And, you know, Paul Reiser's character, how much you get to hate him so much for just, you know, totally making everybody, throwing everybody under the bus.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And it's absolutely. It's, it's one of the most, uh, it's just, it is really a terrible, hmm. um, it's really a terrible thing, but it's it's one of the uh, talking about a movie with a powerful message on that, you know, um, and so I, that's one of the things that I really did like about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the strong female lead, I agree with you, Miles, in that. Mm-hmm. And
2: it should probably pave the way for other women to be action stars, as well. You know,
0: did you have a did you have a favorite Ripley mo- moment, Miles?
2: Oh, there's a couple of them. I mean. Um, the, there's a,
0: just one, just one mile.
2: Well, I can't. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll just pick one uh, that I, that I liked. I mean, obviously, the uh, and where she is in that um, the load lifter, the load lifter, and basically tells the you know the alien you know you know stay away from her bitch or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a, that's an iconic scene there. Oh yeah, definitely. away from her you bitch A couple of iconic, iconic scenes with her. I mean, in the in load lifter with the machine guns. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Kevin, for you, did you have an, an iconic uh, Ripley scene
1: for you? Well, obviously, that uh, the one Miles mentioned is so famous at this point. Actually, and Cameron even mentioned when they did some test screenings um, or some press screenings. You know, early on, uh, they they knew they had a hit when that scene hit, and you had literally everybody in the theater stand up and cheer. So you knew you. Uh, you had yourself quite the uh, the hit on their hands. So I mean, that's that's the most iconic. Otherwise, it's just watching the development. I love. I've always loved the look that she gives. And again, this is a, you know a wonderful actress uh, when she goes down to save Newt, right, towards the end of the movie, and and finds the uh, you know mother as they call her, the, the big alien and all the alien and queen. The alien queen and and is like backing out, and they're kind of this like little truce. You know, they have this look between each other. I won't, I won't uh, kill all your your eggs if you let us walk out of here. And then the other male alien starts sneaking in, and and Ripley just cocks her head just a little, like, "Oh no, you didn't." Well, here comes the fire.
0: (laughs) Oh, you took mine, Kevin. That was one of my favorite scenes. And you know, she just (laughs) starts blasting them,
1: acting without any words spoken. Like, "Oh, we had a truce, but guess not." (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think the yeah, um,
1: sticks out for me,
0: I think the one thing that really uh i mean she loses her daughter, her real daughter because of just the time time and age and all that, but it's one of the her connection with newt and I think one of the the scenes that really stuck out to me is is when the um is is when Newt and her are trapped in the medical lab with the face yes. huggers loose mm-hmm. uh what a great scene, yeah that was
2: definitely on the edge of your seat. Yeah, it was just 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 real classic. And made made you halt made made you hate Paul Paul Riser's character even more. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, well,
0: I mean this is I think this is a sign of a good movie and and a good actor when when they can when they, when when the villain when you, when you when you when they make you hate them. Oh yeah. And um uh, in in this movie they they really did that well. This guy yep. was an absolute you know, douchebag. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I said that in the air. I'm sorry
2: and it's fun. i mean i don't know. I mean he, he he started out in the movie to seem to be he, i don't i i i didn't pick up that he was the you know the sleazy corporate weasel oh well, no he was genuinely interested in, in ripley's well being right? right but it, but it was all farce i mean he just you know he's representing his company's best interest and you know that which is even a good sign of an actor. They they take you on this journey. You like him or, or respect him at first. And then he does something horrible. It's and- not
0: till they get to the planet when they begin to he begins to show hints of it, and suddenly, yeah, it's it's him. All bets are off. Yeah, what a jerk! <laughs> <laughs> You're making me mad, Miles. Let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> I'm doing my job. No. Then, no. Uh, yeah, you know. What? Um, one of my other uh, favorite actors in here, besides Ripley, I think is, is Lance Hendrickson. Uh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, my, my first encounter with him was not Aliens, obviously, because I didn't watch Aliens, but was Millennium, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, was a huge fan of him in Millennium because he was. And talk about
1: uh,
0: uh, Kevin, did you watch Millennium?
1: Uh, yeah, not the entire series, but yes, I did watch some episodes. Yeah, talk
0: about uh, a man who plays a, an aged, weathered man. I mean, we're looking at quite a younger Lance Henriksen here, but but he played an aged, weathered man, and I just loved his role. It was dark, and so it was good to see, in a sense, see him back on the screen. So. I'm doing
3: it, man. Doing it. Doing it. Hey Bishop, man. do the thing with all, oh, please. Oh, come on, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah come you come on. do it, man. the I yeah, see
0: that, man. Come on, man! All right, man. All, right, man. All, right, all right, Hey, what are you
1: doing, man? Hey, what are you doing? Come Don't on, move. quit messing I around, Dre. Up. Come on, yeah, yeah. Bishop. Hey, man. Do it, Bishop. Hey,
3: not me, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, you. Hey,
3: come on, quit messing around. Don't come move. On.
1: Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: Enjoy
2: your meal. That
0: wasn't funny, man.
3: Lieutenant Colin? Mr. Burke? Yeah, thanks. Looks like the new lieutenant's too good to eat with the rest of us, Grunts. Boy's definitely got a corn cob up his ass. Thought you never missed, Bishop.
0: You never said anything about an android being on board. Why not?
1: It never never occurred to me. It's just common practice. We always have a synthetic on board.
3: I prefer the term artificial person myself. Wait. Is there a problem?
1: I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't even... Ripley's last trip out, the, sin- the artificial person malfunctioned.
2: Malfunctioned?
1: He were problems and uh, a few deaths were involved. I'm shocked.
3: Was it an older model?
1: Yeah, the hyperdyne system is 128.2.
3: Well, that explains it, and the U2s always were a bit twitchy. That could never happen now with our behavioral inhibitors. It is impossible for me to harm or by a mission of action allow to be harmed a human being. If you don't want some.
2: Just stay away from me, Bishop. You got that straight?
1: Guess you don't like the cornbread either. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's it's interesting, and and James Cameron is known for uh, being very loyal to the actors he has in his movies. You'll notice that a lot of them end up in several of his movies. Right. And after he'd had uh, uh, Lance in uh, the Terminator movie, just a little bit before this one. Right. So he had him, you know, back in here, and he played this quote creepy synthetic life form, you know, very well. He had an, he had enough of the mannerisms that right you know he appeared human but you knew he wasn't just by some of the ways he said and did things yeah you know that's that's from an actor's point of view that's sometimes tough to pull off but he yeah. did it very very well
0: I, do, I just like his voice i think he is one of the best voices in hollywood <laughs>
2: <laughs> that deep sexy mysterious voice mhm and, and and you talk about you know uh, Cameron reusing you know other actors um, michael Bain, if i'm pronouncing his last name correctly uh who played uh um Reese uh, in Terminator, uh, he he, he's in this movie. Plays Corporal Daniel Hicks, right? -hmm. Right. The last surviving Marine, you know. Mhm.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, that's a perfect example of it right there too. Yeah. Even even right down to uh, Bill Paxton. Oh yeah. Playing Hudson here, and he had a very very minor role in uh, Terminator too. So,
0: you know, Bill Paxton. This is this is one person I was I was very happy to see, and I thought really did a great job in this movie
1: (laughs) he has got some of the most iconic lines (laughs) he does he does (laughs) I mean almost you know 25 years later it's just people use so many of those uh, they quote them and it's even I I mean you know the, the game over man is one of the most famous lines ever
0: well that's great that's just fucking great man now what the fuck are we supposed to do some real pretty shit
1: now man
0: you finished that's it
1: man game over man it's game over What the fuck are we gonna do now what are we gonna do maybe we could build a fire sing a couple of
2: songs huh why don't we try that we better get back because it'll be dark
4: soon and they mostly
1: come at night mostly right right uh, <laughs> i can't help but laugh or think about that and he just delivers it as, as Cameron said, he was the voice of the audience. He was the average man that everybody could say, "Yeah, that'd that'd be me in that situation." I would just, I'd lose it.
0: Oh yeah, what, what was that? That one line he has that uh, I probably can't repeat in the air. That's probably all his lines.
2: Yeah, he probably probably <laughs> he probably had the most f bombs. In yeah,
0: the- yeah, actually, <laughs> uh, um, there was a there was a I had a trivia question regarding that. The, the F-bomb oh, is dropped the, – the f bombs dropped how many times in this movie?
1: Oh, my god. Oh. How many times? Um, Jesus. 32.
0: Uh, you're, uh, a little bit less actually, believe it or not. But 25 <laughs> times and how many of them are spoken by Hudson? Uh, 17. Close. 18 of them. <laughs> 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 so, Yeah. So he, again you know and you know he he's a guy that was tough but at the same times was ended up being whiny half the time too.
2: Well you got to see what he was made out of. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what he Yeah, <laughs> all talk, all talk. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: That's where it, I mean I love one of his most subtle lines too is you know we we meet him and he's the tough guy and and he's got the whole line about the express elevated to hell as they do in the the atmo drop and but it's when everything Goes to hell and everything's going bad, and they start talking some stuff. When he's got that line about, uh, you know, how they're going to survive and all, it's like, well, maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. Oh man, <laughs> it was so these. Oh yeah, he and he said that too in the in the commentary because they had several of the actors, including him and Lance Hendrickson. You might. Appreciate listening to that, Scott, because he had some great comments about his character. But but uh, now Bill Paxton was saying just how he was salivating over all the great lines he had and how much fun it was to deliver a lot of those. Oh, very cool. There,
0: there were a couple of things I wanted to mention just about uh, – well, I guess other, are there any other standout actors for you or stuff that uh, – any actors that really kind of stood out to you beside these, these characters?
2: Um, I think the character of um, the, the female Marine um, – uh, shoot, what, what was her name? Was uh, she the one Private that did Vasquez? Vasquez, yeah. Vasquez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Vasquez, yeah. This is her first role, mm-hmm. but this woman has had quite the career. Yeah, yeah ever since, since. damn. But I mean, she looks like a Latino, but she's not. She's her last Jeanette Goldstein, um, but she she's uh, she, she's she. Well, like like Kevin said, another example of Karen uh, being loyal to his actors. I mean, she was in Titanic. She was in uh, Terminator Two. She played the, the foster mom, and she played, uh, I think, a communications officer on uh, uh, Star Trek Generations movie. Yeah, and they talked. They talked about her being a chameleon of mm-hmm. sorts, a chameleon actor. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a. I think it's a wonderful ensemble. I mean, all the yeah, Marines, especially. It's just you've got the the classic personality types, and you got fun with them all, and then. Yeah get to see him on all in action so yeah i think it is beyond sigonia weaver it's just great job
0: well you know here's the thing with the cast uh this was my first time watching it and i know you guys did not have this advantage but for me watching it uh about a half an hour in when we got when we get on the ship i'm 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 listening to the way the characters talk and i begin betting on who's going to die first (laughs) <laughs> you know, I have, this, I have this whole bet running. I think, like, oh, this person's going to die. This person going to die. Oh, he's not going to die. This is going to live. You know, I began to do this whole thing in my mind. In fact, I, one of the notes I write when I'm on the ship on the ship is like, oh, I found myself betting who's going to die first. You know, <laughs> I don't even remember if I was right, but it's just one of the notes that, oh, they that guy's definitely not going to live.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I just like the, all the Marines. I thought from from the sergeant on down, they just they had a great. Um, Great thing going. Love the banter between them all, yeah, and uh, definitely, definitely an entertaining group of people.
0: What's that? What's that line they rip off about um, someone being uh, being a man? Hey,
4: Mira, who's Snow
3: White? She's supposed to be some kind of consultant. Apparently, she saw an alien one.
2: <laughs> Whoopie fucking do! Hey, I'm impressed.
3: <laughs> hey,
2: Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken
3: for a
2: man? No. Have you? Oh, that's good. I forget what the line is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Paxton says to uh, um, Jeanette Goldstein, have you ever been mistaken for a man? And she says, "Uh, no. Have you? Yeah. (laughs) Just a classic line. You know, just awesome banter between them all. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: You know, uh, I found myself the opening scene when we first see the ship you know, out in space kind of coming towards you. It had this very uh, opening scene de- uh, Star Destroyer feel to it a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And then that, that whole Ripley face and then it changes into like the moon. I thought it was very uh, – our Earth maybe. And it's very 2001-ish a little bit or 2010-ish or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. another case where uh, Cameron talked about that in the commentary, how, how he – worked very hard to make that uh, look as seamless as it did.
0: Oh, it looked, it looked it was a beautiful shot. Beautiful shot in that movie. But but and, and you know here's the thing about uh I, I have this note about Ripley. I want to make sure I say this about Ripley before we get too far from Ripley it's is uh, although you can't really in this movie, right? Um is that Ripley was more than just a a, a hard, you know gun-toting action hero here. We saw a side of her that really was caring, especially toward Newt. Uh, I I think the scene that one of the scenes that really stuck out to me is, is Newt's not talking uh, when they first find her and she's washing Newt. And it was such as this act of caring. I mean, Newt of course becomes a surrogate daughter that she never knew or doesn't have anymore.
2: I I noticed that too. I mean, uh, that they, I mean, I I was 16 when I first saw the movie. So I, did pick up on it, but watching it, and yeah, exactly. Uh, she lost her daughter because of time, and this this little girl becomes, like you said, her yeah. daughter. She does; she becomes a mother figure for this little girl. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, I give ten demerits to the uh, to the commanders for cussing in front of a little
1: girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that little girl who survived all that time out there—I got to give her a lot of credit for being <laughs> yeah. one, one tough little cookie. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: now I did have a thought. I mean, you, you you can't kill a cute little girl in a movie, right? Um, and and so one of the initial things about a, you know—an hour into the movie, I said, "Oh well, this girl. There's no way this girl's going to die, right?" Because I said, you can't kill a little girl in a movie. But part of me wonders, and maybe this becomes maybe – this may be more of a film question than it is an aliens question. Uh, is it impossible for us in society, in our society, to ever kill a young girl like this in a movie?
1: Well, you know what's interesting about that is uh, if you recall the scene uh, getting towards the last third of the film when when Newt ends up down in like the little –
0: uh, sewers or whatever.
1: It sewer yeah. things And uh, they try to, you know, they rush up to try to get her out, and the alien comes up out of the water to snatch her. Um, uh, Cameron was saying there were a lot of people against that scene. You, you really can't put a small child like that in such serious jeopardy. Right. I mean, even though, as he said, you know, we all kind of know as viewers that she's going to be okay or the movie right. wouldn't, wouldn't end. But that there was a lot of, you know, flack about that. And even he said at the time that. Uh, he wasn't a parent yet, so he didn't know what they were all talking about until he had kids, and then he fully understood. That, <laughs> oh, oops, it might not have been the best thing to do. So, yeah, there is definitely a, a line there that you got to be very careful not to cross.
0: Yeah, Well, and, and I knew, I, and I, and I, I kind of said, "Oh, they can't kill her," and then that scene happened. Like, oh crap, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's, it, you know, I, and, and part of that then when, when a character. Um, when a character becomes untouchable in a sense, um, there's a sense where it loses that, uh, you no longer fear or you lose a little bit of that suspense. I don't know. I'm not wording it right, but you use a little bit of a fear that the character is going to be lost. Maybe you lose a little bit of the tension knowing that. I
2: guess they had to make you think that she could.
0: Yeah, they they make you think, fun. but I think in your back of your mind, like, well, that's impossible. Like you can't kill Ripley,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you never would. I don't know. It was just a, just a thought I had that you can't do that to characters, and um, I, uh, remember,
1: I don't know. This this one was moving so fast; I didn't have much time to think about who was going to live and die. I just yeah, hoped I made it out of the. I wanted to make it out of the theater <laughs> we well, you,
0: you, you know, the problem was I broke it up. I didn't watch it in one sitting, and so maybe that was my maybe that was my issue there.
1: Uh,
0: but I guess I, I guess I was thinking. I guess in light of that, I'm also going through Game of Thrones, totally unrelated to this. But George R. Martin said, George R. Martin said, uh, R. R. Martin said it, it, that. The characters, like no character is sacred, in a sense. Like in his books, he just you know kills characters and characters that you absolutely fall in love with, um, and and there's a part of it that makes these books interesting because they have that sort of world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, but in the movies, it doesn't quite work the same way, I guess. But. <laughs>
1: That. well yeah you don't have the long form either See, the thing with the book series great book series like that is if you lose a great character you still know you've got a lot still to come yeah. you know when you've got a two or two and a half hour movie you go killing off people you love at some point in there you're going to get people ticked off yeah <laughs> you can't bring them back too much yeah yeah
0: so i don't know um any other lines or any other scenes that really stick out to you here? I mean, there's a lot of good ones in this movie.
1: Oh, I mean, it's scene after scene after scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That are just, you know, uh, amazing stuff to watch play out again. All, all the time they spend, especially when the Marine Force first goes down into the catacombs and they encounter the aliens when they start literally coming out of the walls and everything. Tom!
3: What? What? not get over here. We got a live one. You're going to be all right,
2: you're
3: going to be all right. Please, kill me. just stay calm, we're going to
0: get you out of here. You're going to be all right, uh, give me a hand, we've got to get her out of here. Convulsion. Oh, Convulsion! Get back! Drop, Kill it! Get back, place her! Move!
1: I mean, that, that's just some. Because up to this point, we have no idea after maybe only seeing the first movie, you think, oh, well, maybe there's a couple of them. Until you see an entire army of them, it's quite a uh, revelation.
2: There's right? a scene that sort sticks out at me. it's – They set up these robotic machine guns. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, hold the perimeter. And. The, watching the actors, just like you know, the bullets just start to run out. It's just like cause the aliens just keep coming, right? Uh, there's just too many of them. Yeah. Uh, that was, a, you know, they um, y- even a small army couldn't stop. You know, oh yeah, all those aliens.
1: Well, it's yeah. interesting too. You say that, Miles. See, this is another one of your good eyes for detail. That that scene was not in the original.
2: You know, I don't. Um, you're right. I don't remember that in the original. Yeah. yeah,
1: that was one of those ones that Cameron said, you know, he thought it was really important because it ratcheted up the tension. You know, you had the people feeling helpless watching the bullet count just go down and down and down thinking they're doomed. And he thought it was very important for tension. But the studio folks were like, oh, unnecessary. There's no action there. Take it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that line. Um, this is a line by by Newt. Uh, she says, my mommy once said there were no real monsters. And everybody <laughs> yeah. goes, yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> She was wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah, very uh, true. Yeah, uh, I think one of the others, one of the scenes that I really, uh, really liked, um, or I felt paid an homage to Star Wars. Maybe this is just me and my Star Wars geekness, and it has nothing to do with it. But the scene at the end where they're flying the ship through the building, kind of the the inside of that building, just reminded me of some of the inside shots you see of the Death Star and stuff. I think just the the way the, the gangways are done and. And everything. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much. But
1: no, hadn't hadn't thought of that myself. But yeah. I can see where you would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I'm I'm curious. One thing we're kind of got our ADD going tonight, lots of directions, but it's right. still fun here. Um, since you just came to this movie now, Scott, 25 years later, that this was shot long before we had digital effects, digital editing. You know, they had to use a lot of the camera tricks, forced perspective. I mean, what did you think as far as the Setup of the alien world and the uh, you know ships and everything else. How how did it look in that sense to you?
0: Believable. Uh, it, 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 it looked very believable. I didn't I didn't feel. I mean, I think some of the technology and the computer screens and stuff that dated itself a little bit. But overall, the the effects, the ships, the aliens, these did not seem like. It didn't seem like I was looking at you know a Godzilla rubber type monster here. I mean, I was looking at some really sharp looking effects that that really made me believe them I mean when the aliens were walking, I believed them it drew me in, and I think that that was um that was uh and so I thought that that was kind of important um i li- and so I, I i really did i thought the effects really held up over time, and maybe that's just where i'm at but i but I like them
1: mhm yeah no it's and it's very from an appreciation point of view, hearing some of the special effects guys or even Stan Winston talking about the again the camera, quote unquote tricks or techniques, yeah. you know, forced perspective models with people at different distances and and the amount of work that went into some of those things, you you really realize how much of a craftsman. No disrespect to computer people because I'm one of them, but how much craft work went in to to doing these things when you only had you didn't have the computer. You couldn't couldn't paint it in. You couldn't make that uh, puppeteer. String disappear. You had to use angles and everything else to such detail level to make it all work. It's it's really something.
2: Right, right, definitely. It's kind of a fun thing looking back at some of the things that look sort of anachronistic in this movie. Uh, early movie, Paul Paul Reiser's character pulls out th- this paper to give to Ripley or show, but the, the paper still has. It looks like it came from an old style. Printer, the kind of was a reel to reel, with the the holes in it. I'm thinking, you know, that that goes. I mean, we were still using those back in the '90s, early '90s, -hmm. and so that was a little anachronistic looking in some of the uh, the, you know, the computer screens. Like you said, Scott earlier, looked looked old. But I mean, that's okay. I mean, for me, I mean, it's kind of fun looking back of just thinking what they thought the future might be like, or you know, or or maybe not where imagination was at that at that point in time.
0: Yeah, or the People's Magazine on the desk and the. In the one office. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I, that I thought would be good for you, Kevin, is uh, if you have a programmable alarm, I think the perfect alarm would you, for you would be like that steady beeping sound. Oh, that... Constantly getting getting rapidly.
1: (laughs) No, that's that's something that's become very (laughs) iconic when you think about it. I mean, they did such a great job using those. I mean, because, again, you identify yourself with these characters and you think about how isolated they are. You don't even have to see the aliens. You just have to see those little beeps slowly getting closer (laughs) to just want to freak out and run, you know. Oh, I know. They did such a great job with those. That's just... Oh, I, I... you could totally see it because yeah. you know with that big um, scene when they're all in the in the um, like the command center and they're trying to fortify it and uh, you know they're getting closer and closer and closer and then you get to the point where they say they're they're inside the room. I mean, yeah.
0: you're like, where are, you're, are they?
1: Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and when he gets up there in that ceiling and slowly uh, uses like his his gun to push up the thing and then all of a sudden you see like a half dozen of them or more. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's it. Yep. End of movie, you're all dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh man, it was awesome. It was awesome, and that I think that beep just really they really made that beep work for them. They did. Mm-hmm. They what did. A great effect! What a great. What great effect?
1: Well, you're talking about sounds and stuff too. I said one of the key reasons um, that uh, they selected uh, Carrie Henn to play Newt was just the tone of her scream. I mean, that thing goes right through you. Yeah. You know when you <laughs> hear it. True. You know right. at a couple of different points in the movie, I mean she just uh, like James Cameron said, she could belt that puppy out, and they knew they had their girl
0: <laughs> right right and and it is the only movie that she ever did,
1: yeah, yeah, the only yeah, movie was,
0: school teacher, good girl,
1: yeah no <laughs> her parents her parents tried her out, and they were amazed they said at how much she took to to acting with just a little bit of coaching and being able to do it It was you know yeah. they were actually afraid they mentioned it a couple of points, they were concerned in a couple of scenes. Because at her age, they were—they didn't want to traumatize her like that. You mentioned that scene we talked about earlier in the in the medical facility when they had the aliens all running around trying to get her and Ripley.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: they were afraid that was too realistic and that right. it was going to really traumatize her. Right. You know, with those creatures coming after. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, but but she apparently did well. I guess I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, she did one of the. She was in the commentary too, and she said it was an absolute blast. She was. Right. Uh, Mature beyond her years a bit to be able to understand that this was strictly make-believe and that she got to hang out and play with a bunch of adults and it was just a cool adventure for her.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, And there was only one scene that bothered me in the entire movie. What's that? And that that is the scene at the very end as as Ripley is escaping the complex, right? So she goes down into the complex, you know, down in an elevator. And then when she goes to get back in the elevator – the elevator's up with no reason for it to be up. And that just – maybe that – maybe uh, like when you get out of an elevator, the elevator doesn't go anywhere unless someone else pushes a button. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe maybe wow. I was just being too anal about it because there is an elevator. <laughs> there is an ele- ele- elevator down because the alien rides went up then, but I don't
1: know. Well, that's also because Ripley pushed both buttons to get both of them down, You know, trying to oh, get true. one to come – Right. But uh, yeah, no, that's a little more uh, specific than I paid attention to.
0: Yeah, no, I just for some reason it just stuck out to me like, oh, come on. <laughs> it was a plot device to build tension, no doubt, and it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. But it just—it's just a minor nitpick. Nothing, nothing that ruined the movie for me, by any means.
1: Well, and there's something else interesting when you do some rewatches. Actually, and James Cameron brought this up uh, at the scene towards the end, uh, which is just uh, amazing when the when the alien you know comes out of the the ship right uh, and, and they think they're all safe and and literally rips lance hendrickson's character in half right um and then they have that big battle and uh ripley blows it out of the airlock and newt is you know getting sucked down the thing and and the top half of lance's character is able to grab her arm and save her you know the great right. hero moment <laughs> About how, if when you're watching that scene as a viewer, you're watching where his hand is and her hand is because you want to hope that he's going to be able to catch her. He said he didn't, didn't notice until he screened the movie like four or five times that if you look at that moment when you they're about to grasp hands, you can easily tell that the that uh, he's you know as an actor, the bottom half of his body is underneath because obviously it's a make-believe body, right. but that it's very the angle is so obvious that but you're so caught up in the moment. <laughs> You never unless it. you look for it. You never see it. He yeah. is the director. Didn't I, ne- I never,
2: I never, I never noticed it. Yeah, I was just so, yeah, like you said, I was just wrapped up in the action. Yeah, yeah. To notice the uh, yeah. the flaws.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Well, awesome.
0: Well, I have a little bit of trivia for you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm expecting great things from you, Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but, pressure.
0: Um, so, um, Bill Pax's character Hudson. Uh, He boasts in a monologue about the, aboard the drop ship. This is in the special edition only, which you of course have seen. And he talks about some of the weaponry of the, the, the the Colonel Marines mentioning phase plasma pulse rifle. This is actually a reference to what. Uh, Terminator. You got it. Do you remember the scene in Terminator?
1: Um, Yes, when uh, when Arnold goes into the gun store and asks for guns.
0: Yep, you got it. Yep, yeah. and and this is actually an error because do you know what actually guns? What gu- what type of guns were used actually in Aliens?
2: They're just conventional machine ballistics.
0: guns. Yep, yeah. ball- ballistics. So mm-hmm. so it was a was an, it was an error, but they kept it in and kind of an homage to Terminator. Good, I, one point for Kevin.
1: Hmm. Okay, I can retire now.
0: <laughs> you can. Um, <laughs> James Horner cannibalized what film scores to make Alien – Aliens, sorry. It had elements from what movies?
1: I'm going to throw this one to Miles because I have no clue.
0: <laughs> Miles, you should get this one. Are you looking at the page? <laughs> I'm looking at the page. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, so he looked at the answers. <laughs> uh, so he, so he, he, he cannibalized movies. He, he cannibalized his scores from Star Trek, Rathacon. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, as well as a rendition of the Gaian Ballet Suite for the main end title. So, huh. but anyways, so you cannibalized part of that for it. So. Um, what type of real life vehicle is the is the assault vehicle that they drive through the complex?
1: Oh, that came out in the commentary. It's one of those things they use on airports.
0: Yep. Yep, towing for, towing airplanes.
1: Totally. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: British Airways, the thing weighed 75 tons, and they uh, hollowed it out so they were able to move about 30 tons. I can't believe
2: a vehicle weighing 75 tons. Can you imagine? I, I can't either. I mean, uh, forget about trying to airlift, something like that. I mean, <laughs> right, right, are, are standing in front to stop it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be flat. But okay, uh, another trivia. Bishop St- states that it's impossible for me to harm— or by omission of action, allowed to be
2: harmed a human being. This is based on what? See, I remember hearing something like this from Star Trek. Uh, I think, if i remember correct,ly isn't it? Isn't this something out of Isaac Asimov? It is. Mm-hmm. It is.
0: And any any further thoughts, Kevin?
2: No, Miles has got it, man. Yep.
0: First first law of robotics, written by science fiction author Isaac Asimov.
2: Okay. Actually, I think it's maybe from Buck Rogers. Yeah. Yeah
0: reference. Um, the rhyme that Hudson mutters as he's searching for the colonists is from what? The line is, I'll, I'll give you the line. It says stop your grinning and drop your linen.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh man, I recognize it, but I don't know where it's from.
0: ACDC, the song Shake a Leg. So stop me
3: I'll say the letter. your
4: the
0: Okay, um this might be the last trivia, I guess. Four actors, four four actors from this movie appeared in various Terminator movies. Can you name them?
1: Well, we we've already had, we, have named a couple. Yeah. Right. Uh, Miles mentioned Vasquez was in T2. Michael Bean or Ben, I always forget, obviously was in the original Terminator. Lance Hendrickson was in the original Terminator. And uh, who, who else do we have here? Um, any ideas, Miles? I
2: thought I, I want to say I think Bill Paxson played one of the young. Oh, that's punk, right,
1: Bill. Yeah, we said that earlier. Bill yep. Paxton was one of the punk thugs rockers in the beginning. Yeah. of the you got it. Yeah.
2: So these are the
0: four. Very good. Good job. Points to all of you. Points all around. Except for the music. The music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I anything else before we go into some listener feedback about aliens?
1: Uh, no, just that I'd highly recommend that commentary. It's, you know, some commentaries, uh, or at least when I've listened to them, sometimes they're only okay. You know, you get a bunch of actors or a director and sometimes they go off in rabbit trails that don't mean much. But this one on the – at least on the Blu-ray, since they cut it together from four different recording sessions, you know, actors, FX people, James Cameron, Stan Winston, the producer – uh, Gail Ann heard it was all crisp stuff i mean it didn't matter which one you were listening to you were going to learn something more about the movie or the production of it and so forth so if you're a fan i think you'll really enjoy it
0: very good very good awesome well uh why don't we go into uh some listener feedback then we had a we had a couple calls come in this time and uh let's why don't we start with Kayla's call gentlemen Kayla's here Last night, I was listening to the latest episode of the Sci-Fi Diner while on my way home from running a basketball pep band gig and heard that you were doing the Sci-Fi Rewind on the movie Aliens. So I thought I would dash off a short audio comment and weigh in with an observation that has always amused me when watching this film. Have you ever noticed that the film score sounds a lot like film scores from Star Trek movies, especially during the battle scenes in Aliens? I love James Horner's composition style and especially his use of percussion during the battle scenes to bring out the relentlessness of the aliens. Well, there
1: it is. Until next time, kapla. No, I was going to say the, uh, the listeners tend to be just as spot on as we were in terms of catching some of these things. Yeah.
0: See, he actually heard it. I had to look it up. I had never known that. <laughs> Miles Miles might have known it, but I didn't know it. But, or picked up the similarities. Are familiar tones. Does any of the music sound familiar as you were listening? Or you just didn't I, pick it up that close. I didn't
2: pick it up that closely. Then next time I watch it, I'll try to yeah. pick it up. You have failed me for the last time, Miles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a I'm getting a fist here. All right, uh, maybe I should just move on. Well, let's let's. Uh, so thanks, thanks again, Kalos for calling and letting us know that. And it's appropriate because Kalos of course, is a music lover, music teacher himself. So he of course would pick that up. You
2: would have a ear for that sort of thing. Yep,
0: absolutely. Uh, Rick from Wisconsin called in to give us his comment about aliens. Let's go ahead and listen to what Rick has to
4: say. Hey guys, this is Rick from Wisconsin calling for the. Back by Rewind Show, and wanted to talk a little bit about Aliens. <clears throat> the first Alien movie, I was not old enough to see in the theater without a parent, I and mean, my parents wouldn't let me go, but I did buy the graphic novel and read it and hear about the movie from my friends. So when I was an adult and they came out with Aliens, I went to see it with my wife, And I was very impressed, having not seen the alien on a big screen before. And also with other elements of the movie. I think it's the very rare uh, situation of a sequel possibly being better than the original. Um, I really thought it was great. And maybe if I had seen the original in a theater and been frightened by it, I wouldn't think that way. But I really feel like of all the sequels that it spawned, this was definitely the best sequel, and I think possibly better than the original film itself. I would say that elements in the movie that I appreciated a lot was um, Ridley's uh, intelligence in figuring out what the government was doing and resisting, you know, their efforts. Um, really liked the part Bill Paxton played. Um, that was a, a character we enjoyed. and I thought the uh, battle scenes were pretty cool, and the character of Newt uh, was an interesting element, too. And I would say the walking machine uh, that they loaded the ships with was pretty cool because I worked in the shipping industry, and I think it would be fun to use one of those. But um, I would also say I'm kind of a fan of Lance Henriksen and and, uh, thought he did a good job in that movie as well. And uh, I think with the effects and just so many parts of it, I thought the story was really good. I remember when it aired on television the first time that the network actually included some footage that wasn't in the theatrical release, and especially a scene where after Ridley was awakened, got to see a picture of her daughter who was now deceased and find out that she had a granddaughter and I, I don't know if you ever saw that scene or not but I remember it I thought it was a standout scene and I'm wondering if in like these anniversary editions if that footage is included or something but uh, I haven't watched those so those are my thoughts thanks
0: well, thanks, Rick, from Wisconsin for calling in and giving us you your thoughts in Aliens. You know what impressed me about his voicemail? He went and saw Aliens with his wife. That's uh, a <laughs> good wife. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> my wife would not. Although I think – here's the thing. I think my wife would really appreciate Ripley's character from a, as far as character development goes, but she would hate this type of movie.
2: This is definitely not your wife's type of movie. No, it's not. hmm
0: it's like I think that she would really enjoy Walking Dead from the from the era, from the from the focus and drama, but she would hate it because of the gore.
2: Mm-hmm. See, my wife would would like this, and, and she would like it because you have strong, powerful female uh, you know characters in this.
0: Well, it's, that's the thing. My wife did like Serenity for the same reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said he said that this is a case where the sequel was better than the original, which we of course had got done saying before. Um, He appreciated Ripley's intelligence. That wasn't anything that we really hit on, but the way Ripley was able to figure out what was going on pretty early on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And really appreciated that. Thought that the battle scenes were pretty cool. And uh, he actually said he saw it in the theaters, but then watched it later on in television. I guess TV must have added some of those scenes in that were cut out for the theatrical release.
2: Yeah, we picked up on that.
0: And we did pick up on that for DVD, but I wasn't aware that they did it on the TV as well, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't recall ever seeing uh, – I mean this was the first time I had seen those extended scenes yeah. uh, myself was just in this last rewatch in the last few weeks. So yeah. I must have missed those particular uh, TV – airings or whatever but I'm not sure it was cable channel or yeah. regular TV because I don't remember seeing those before
0: yeah he said especially the one with the, uh, where she goes back and looks at her daughter that that scene that we had mentioned before that he remembers seeing and I really loved Newt um, and you know when he was saying that it did make me think child actors are so hit or miss sometimes they do really good job and the next time you're like well we need them but they aren't really doing anything Newt added something to the plot here
1: Oh, completely. I mean, that's, you know, it, it it as you said, while while you might have known that she was going to uh, you know, live till the end or close to the end, it's still uh being able to identify with the fact that she was such a skilled survivalist. Uh, you know, it created some fun scenes with some of the other characters and she was the one who was able to survive and she was able to pull that part off by just being a kid but being a very resourceful kid.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, now, so And he also mentioned, of course, like we had mentioned, this is the case where the sequel is better than the original. One of my questions, Kevin, maybe for you is um, what made this movie kind of pop uh, or maybe stand up a notch above the original Ridley Scott one
1: for you? I think for me it's, it's because it's so much more of a fun action movie. Um, I mean I love Alien the original it was you know I I still remember seeing it when I was very young at the time um, for the first time and appreciating it but this one's a little more fun you know you go back to this one or at least I do uh, and enjoy the characters and and the roller coaster ride of the ups and downs along with the great sci-fi motif and setting and everything else so I I think it's just more of a uh, something I can go back to more often and appreciate you know partial scenes here and there aliens a movie more than when I want to watch it uh, maybe because of the slow pace that if I'm gonna I'm gonna want to go beginning to end to just appreciate what it is aliens I could fall into it you know halfway through if it's on cable or something and and be fine with taking it from right that point mm. Mm. yeah miles any thoughts on that
2: uh, yeah I, I didn't I watched part of the first alien alien movie. But I don't know. Maybe it was just maybe the age I watched it was just a little too slow for me. This one had a better pace to it, and like Kevin said, this was more of a fun movie. The uh, the Marines, I think, you know, were good entertainment value, and uh, um, just and this was a this was a, this was an action movie. It was yeah. you know a lot of good action. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Rick, again for
0: calling in and letting us know your thoughts on aliens. Well, we have one more piece of listener feedback, and this is from Colin. And I'm going to stop Colin's uh, feedback about halfway through so we can comment on it because it's pretty long. Is that okay with you guys?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let me go sure. ahead and play uh, – yeah, let me go ahead and play uh, Colin's feedback here.
3: Hello, Rewind crew. This is uh, Colin from England, putting my uh, two-pence worth, I should I say two cents worth to the aliens debate. I say debate because um, some people love this film some people don't think it was much of a homage to the original I personally think that if you're going to do a sequel then try and take it in a different direction if you can try and add a bit of things to it if you can uh, but obviously you've got to keep the essence of the original whereas the original was more of a a thriller AG&T seat type thing this one's more of an action fest more of the guns blazing here come the marines type of thing Whereas the, the original was, look who's behind you, um, to give it a pantomime reference, which you probably won't get because you don't do a pantomime. But hey, I'm English. But ultimately, whether you prefer Alien or Aliens basically goes down to what types of music you like, what types of science fiction you like. Um, the music does play a part of it because you had the more atmospheric music uh, because the original was more of an exploration. This one is more of a survival. Um, But they are both um, intelligence absorbing, um, excellent science fiction, both with a bit of atmosphere, Um, both get the adrenaline pumping, if in different ways. Obviously, this one benefits from better special effects because it's made later. But, you know, I like both stars of movies, so, you know, basically, uh, as long as it's got science fiction or something winning the title, I'm going to watch it is another thing but I do actually like Aliens and Alien I think they did a good job with this as well because what they basically did was take the original storyline and move off it instead of following it in a linear fashion it had basically effectively a 60 year jump between the two uh, which gave them a chance to do something completely different um, the momentum uh, and the, the maturity of the characters is one of a different Failed to alien. I do think the momentum.
0: Okay. You actually wanted that. Uh... Okay, uh, so one of the things that he's talking here, Kevin, is about about the whole idea that the first one, first alien, is really a exploration, um, and then the second one becomes a matter of survival.
1: I can argue with that. He's got an excellent uh, look on it to look at it that way. Yeah, now I, I, really, I, a, I kind of agree. The visuals. With yeah, yeah. like we said, the visuals in that first one really are more of, you know, uh, kind of like you step back and just look at it and appreciate it in, yeah. the, in the same way that the characters are exploring for the yeah. first time.
0: He also mentioned that if you're going to make a sequel to something, then this is the way to make a sequel. You jump 70 years into the future. You, you go a slightly new direction with it and, and you know, sense, have a different story. Miles, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, th- this is where only – a story sci-fi can tell as far as Ripley's character. She's, she's a woman out of time, uh, almost 60 years have passed since. So she, she, she has lost family and, and friends, whatever. So it is a true science fiction story is that she's a person out of time, but at the same time, she's, she still has all the, uh, the tools to survive in this new world. And, um, and not only just to survive, but also, uh, you know, pull her own weight and help others out. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um,
0: any, any comments on that, Kevin?
1: Oh, I Again, I, I, you know what? I love and it's happening. Kind of a step to the side here. Uh, again, Kevin's ADD is kicking in. the The feedback we've gotten so far on this movie, it's so interesting because a lot of the points Colin and everyone else are bringing up are the same kind of stuff that we all were talking about even before we got there or we had in our notes even before we got there uh, voicemails and emails. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're all very much seeing some of these same things right. uh, and appreciating them or, or uh, bringing them out to talk about. It. I think it's very cool that the it's kind of like the community is very much on the same page with us.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, well, let's listen to the rest of his voicemail.
3: Price And, you know, running away like a coward locking the door behind you and hey guess what Earlier, alien takes your head off the, the original film you had Ripley um, thrust into a situation where she had to be brave out of necessity uh, it was a survival thing and this one they kind of build on the survival and the necessity of the situation seeing um, her coming from um, what she was before to basically a fully fed soldier and you have to admit the way she ran the uh, the truck through the wall was quite impressive and from a humanistic point of view you had the, the, the uh, double edge of her uh, trying to keep Newt alive um, and learning that she could trust someone again and well the big talking human uh, which was Bill Paxton uh, eats humble pie once he gets this taste of how dominating and truly menacing she is uh, so i like to be where she turns round to him and say, uh, which she turn around to him and says uh, on the briefing mission about the fact that one of them killed her entire crew uh, and then you had that long like, moment of silence when it sort of dawned on them oh, you know this isn't something to take lightly incidentally seeing as soon as these are supposed to be space Marines i, I do think that he's whining, whinging character really grated on me after a bit, you know, I was kind of thinking an alien should come through the roof and right round about now and take his whinging head off because he's seriously getting on my nerves but he was supposed to, he was supposed to get on your nerves so, you know he did his job beautifully, but the fact that this fully fledged space marine with art weaponry does nothing but whinge While a frightened little girl you know, just gets on with it and I thought it was a. I also think Cameron does really well with Donald the, the, the Back of the original movie, where you had the, the killer android in the original movie, and this one, Bishop, uh, the android is basically the hero who comes to save the day. Uh, you had the, 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 the cat, I don't know if that cat gets royalties, but you know, it's been in three films, basically, because although he makes a brief appearance as a dead cat in the third one, he still gets a mention. is the aliens don't actually come into this film until halfway through. Uh, the first part of the film is basically um, character and prop development, uh, how they got there, what the space Marines are about, um, the poor um, commander that they've been saddled with who's actually done this is his second combat mission. Um, but you don't notice because it rolls along at such a great pace that you don't actually notice the aliens don't come into it until the second half of the film. To me, one and two is what Aliens is all about. Uh, three, I was stretching it the best of point, and four was definitely a trip too far. So, if you, know, if you want to take Aliens in its um, purest form, and it's, it's essentially the most entertaining form, of the first two films. Really, really tenuous, but that's another review from the day. Nice little Easter egg before ago, go, uh, which was a note to the original. When Ripley confronts Burke about me having sent the colony, he says, LV426 to check on the alien spaceship. She says, I just checked the colony log directive dated 61279, signed Burke Carter J. This is not a random date, it's actually the original release date of the original alien film, 61279. So that was a nice homage by Cameron, back to um, the original film. Anyway, this is getting on a bit, so I'll shut up. <laughs> uh, take care, guys, and uh, if you don't do anything between now and Christmas, have a great Christmas.
0: Well, thanks, Colin, for calling in and uh, sharing your thoughts on Alien, Aliens and Alien and a bunch of other stuff there, Miles, huh? Right. Right, right. And it's always great to have people calling with that nice British accent. Sorry, Kevin. I know you don't have that. You have a good Boston accent, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but again, always lots of good info to share and ideas. I, I love listening to that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he makes out. He brings up some really good points. Some of that. We, we, I mean, we mentioned the whole aliens don't appear to halfway through, and you kind of quizzed me on when that's going to be, and we talked about that. Um, he also talked about a scene that we didn't talk about when 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 Ripley drives that that. Uh, you know airport vehicle through the wall
1: mm-hmm. to, sa-
0: to save that Marines was just an awesome scene,
1: oh yeah, because you know, that 's the moment when she steps up and kind of like goes from being an observer to to an active participant in what 's going on
0: well, in fact, he mentioned the the term he used is that Ripley becomes brave out of necessity. I thought that was a good way to put it. <laughs> brave, brave out of necessity, but in both movies, really.
2: An interesting. The observation you have with the lieutenant. Um, I mean, he's an officer, but he doesn't really have any real combat experience, right? And right. so, it's interesting watching his relationship between the Marines. I mean, the Marines have to obey him. He's their superior officer, but at the same time, they don't think he's worth, you know, too much. Uh, um, they've had the real, you know, the real training and experience, and this lieutenant doesn't, you know. He has a plan, but when things don't go to plan he can't uh he can't adapt and change. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um
0: I thought it was also interesting he brought up, you know, in the first movie we have the android turn killer and then in this movie you have an android that's in a sense the savior.
2: Interesting juxtaposition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But so I like that. He also talked about Aliens three and four. Now I haven't watched Aliens three and four yet. Miles have you?
2: I've seen four in the theaters. I didn't see three.
0: All right? Uh, and, uh, you know, being such a fan of aliens, uh, did you watch three and four Kevin?
2: Yes, I have seen
1: them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And, uh, what are your opinions on them?
1: Uh, I prefer one and two much, much more. Yeah. And that's, that was his sentiment too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that there, there are, there are some interesting ideas, uh, explored, um, in those, but it's just it's it's just no more near to me the film that the first two are, yeah, yeah,
0: uh he also mentions the the date that appears in that one handout that she gets is six twelve seventy nine the original release date
4: mm-hmm.
0: and that mm-hmm. makes an appearance in aliens here, so I thought it was kinda cool, yeah, yep, yeah, well, thanks guys, thanks alia thanks all you listeners for commenting those of you that just commented on uh on Facebook, but especially those of you that called in here. And we really appreciate both, uh, I guess, Colin, Colin, uh, Kalis, and, and uh, Rick from Wisconsin for calling in and giving us their thoughts about aliens here. So awesome, awesome feedback. Well, I believe that's about it. Do we need to talk about aliens anymore? We we did a pretty good job t- dissecting aliens here.
2: Yeah, I think this movie, uh, it, it, it may not be as huge. I mean, there's some themes explored, but... Maybe not as thematic as some of the other movies we explored, but this is definitely one you could just. It's a good action flick. It's a it's, good, yeah. yeah. You, could, you, you could just turn your brain off a little and just enjoy watching, you know, them blow stuff up on Ripley, you know, uh, kill aliens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, any any thoughts uh, here as we uh,
0: wind up our aliens uh, talk here?
1: You no, know, like we said, it's it's fun stuff, exceptionally well made. Some of the top. Uh creative folks certainly in Hollywood were involved in this one. So it's nice to see that result turn into something so entertaining.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I know I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm really glad that we had this here as a, uh, as, as one that we uh, rewatched. Yeah. Well, I believe that's about it. Don't forget. We will be rewatching for next month. The thing, John Carpenter's a thing, 1982 version of it. Oh, you can watch the other versions and maybe comment on them side by side. Uh and I imagine we'll be doing it about the middle of the month like we typically do. So uh you can call in at one eight 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 five oh eight four three four three. You can uh, email us at the sci fi at gmail dot com or oh Kevin, they can contact you, right? Where can they get a hold of you?
1: They can come by the tuning into sci fi TV website and follow any of the community links there and share some thoughts.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh you can obviously find us at the com, but we're especially active on our Facebook page and uh, a lot of good conversations there. And Many times when we get close to talking about the thing, we'll be posting up on Facebook and talking about it. So, some very good things. Well, I believe that's about it. So, Kevin, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the fine folks here at the Sci Fi Rewind?
1: Appreciate everybody listening in. Hope they all take care.
0: Yep. And uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate you joining us tonight on this. On this journey and sometimes ADD journey uh, through uh, <laughs> through aliens, and we apologize for that a little bit, but we do we do show notes here. We we aren't just flying by the seat of our pants, but
2: <laughs> we sort of have a plan. Yeah, we do have a plan. We have a yes, plan. And they have a plan. Go ahead, Ma. Till next time. Good night and good luck. Uh, we'll see ya.